Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Matthew 5 today. And uh, I want to begin something new uh, as it concerns hunger for the ways of God. Hunger for the ways of God. And uh, this is something that the Lord has been talking to me about a lot. Uh, We won't take the time to go there, but you know, in the, in the book of Haggai, uh, when God was talking to the people, they said, we don't have what we need. Uh, we're bringing in money, and it's like we're putting it in pockets with holes in it. Uh, we, we go to buy something, and they say it's this much, and then when we get there, they double the price. And you know what the Lord told them? He didn't say, uh, I'll make a way for you, or I'm going to work things out. He said, consider your ways. Consider your ways. God's ways have to be my ways. Now, when we think about that, very often people think in terms of morality, in terms of sin, and and, and that's obviously correct. That's a given. But God's ways. We we just received the the tithe and offering, uh, for instance. You know, one statistic that, that, and tithing is one of God's ways. It's one of God's ways to bless you, to rebuke the devourer, right? And one statistic that that I saw said that right now, as of 2021, anywhere from 4 to 5% of Christians tithe. 4 to 5%. Amen. There, there, There are 247 million people in America that identify as Christians. Now, you know, America, only we only have a little over 300 million people in the nation. I, it, it always gets me when the media lies and talks about how nobody likes Christianity anymore, and yet in a nation of 300 million, over 200 million identify as Christian. But out of that 200 and some odd million, only 4 to 5% tithe. I was talking about 1995. In 1995, it was 14%. So since 1995, which is what, 27 years? It's dropped off 11%. People need to consider their ways. Amen. Do you see this? If every Christian tithe, there would be an increase of $139 billion to churches. That's billion with a B, right? Now, I'm not here to talk about statistics, but I'm saying that that's one of the ways of God. And if I want to have God's provision, I've got to have God's ways, all right? Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, notice what it says. It says, they that blessed are they that hunger and thirst 
after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, especially in our circles, charismatic circles, word of faith circles, word church circles, when we hear the word righteousness, we immediately think God's, you know, uh, right standing with God. And I've even heard people referring to this verse basically say that it had no bearing for the New Testament believer because we were already righteous and we didn't have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Listen, when you start saying that what's in red has no bearing on our life, you got bigger problems. Because the master said this. And notice how it starts out. It starts out with that word blessed. The, the Greek, the Weiss translation says spiritually prosperous. All right? Some translations say empowered to prosper. Now, who's empowered to prosper? Who is spiritually prosperous? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness. So the word that's used here, righteousness, it, of course, it can mean and does mean our standing with God. It describes our standing with God. But the context of how it's used has to be factored in. It also means integrity. It means virtue, purity of life. Uh, It means rightness or correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. So it means integrity, virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. You need that one more time? It means means integrity or virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. So the person that's hungry for God's ways is hungry for rightness, for correctness of thinking, for correctness of feeling and acting. And what's the result? He says that person will be filled. The word is satisfied. That person will have a satisfied life. Why? Because I'm hungry for the ways of God. I'm hungry for what God wants, what God thinks, for how God feels about something. What's God's thinking about this? Amen. Back before the election uh, of, uh, of last year, I was ministering on the platform that you stand on. I had some people that were very appreciative, and I had some people that were very upset with me. But, you know, I ministered some of it here. We put the two platforms up, and then we put the Bible in the middle and said, let's see what the Word says. Right. You know, God's not a Democrat, and He's not a Republican. God's not an American. God's not a Russian. He's not a Chinese. He's, right? He's God. So that means God doesn't deal with you along party lines. God deals with you along Bible lines. What does the Bible say? Amen. Hallelujah. It, it, always, it always gets me because you have people that, you know, they're up in arms about climate change and they're up in arms about the polar bears supposedly dying off even though there's more of them now than there's ever been. But nonetheless, and if, you're, if, you're, if, you, if you care about climate change, I'm not saying I don't. I'm, I mean, I know we need to help with the planet, but here's what I want you to understand. 
and they'll talk about all of this that's happening and this species is dying off and all of this and what are we going to do about the generation that's coming? And you'll see people marching through the United States of America talking about climate change and we need to do this and let's get rid of all of our fossil fuels and let's get rid of our, our uh, emissions and let's get rid of our fuel-burning cars. But it never made sense to me. You know, you got, you got to have electric plants to, fu- to fix electric cars. You know what electric plants run off of? Fossil fuels. So, so you can't have electricity without fossil... I'm not getting political, but you understand what I mean? And then right on the other hand, you know, the next generation. We're not going to have a planet for the next generation. And we live in a nation that to date has killed 64 million babies in the womb. Because it's a woman's reproductive right. That's another individual. That's another human being. You have no right to put another human being to death. Because you don't want them around? Think about this. Think about the insanity. Now, I'm not preaching on, uh, on abortion. Well, I'm talking about God's ways. You're playing both ends against the middle to cry out to God to bless a nation, but you won't quit killing children. It's an unhappy dilemma. Think about this. Now think, think about this, in that, mind, in that mindset, in that way of thinking, when the child that is alive and kicking with a beating heart and an, an, organ, an organ system that was created by God was placed in the womb of that mother for protection and care to bring that child to a place of fruition so that it could be birthed into the earth and not become alive when it was birthed, but sustain life. They they would have you believe that it's okay to destroy that life within the first nine months of its life, but then once that head crowns and once that child is visible, now it's murder. Anybody that God knew before they were formed in the womb, is a person. And God said, before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. You cannot know a blob of tissue. You cannot know a a, a grouping of cells that have no personhood. You can only know somebody who's alive and a person. Amen. Amen. And, and, you, and you've got Christians that are crying out about the problems in America, but yet they don't want to walk in God's way. Well, Pastor, you know, you know a, a woman has a right with what she does with her body. The woman had a right to not allow her body to get pregnant before she had sex with that man. Once the child is formed, it's a child. The Spirit of God came into that child at conception. 
The Spirit came at conception. When, that's, when, that, when that seed fertilized that egg, the Spirit showed up. That child became alive unto God. Amen. Do, do you see this? And so that's one of God's ways. Don't shed innocent blood. He talked about the nation will be held responsible. That allows their children to be destroyed. I'm moving away from this. I, I really am. But think about that. Well, I understand, and, and I love the Lord, and, and I'm this, but, but, you know, I just believe that's my right. But it's not God's way. Amen. You might believe it's your right, and, and a person in America does have a legal right. Thank God, not in every state now. But they do have a legal right to go to a place and have that life destroyed. You might have a legal right, but you do not have a moral right. And you do not have a Bible right. And it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter. If we want to see God move in a revival, in a move of God, an awakening like we're praying for, We've got to have his ways. We've got to have his ways. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Amen. Because it's hard for me to fathom how someone cannot care for a child when it's in their womb and then claim to care about a child after it's born. How does that make sense? I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands. People will make the announcement. They'll make the announcement. They'll say, hey, you know, found out the other day we're pregnant. What's one of the first questions that people ask? What's the name going to be? Who gets a name? Who? A person. If you didn't believe that baby was a person, why would you name it? Well, you know what they say about stray dogs and cats? Don't feed them and don't name them. Because you feed them, they'll keep coming back. And if you name them, there's an attachment. Right? Amen. Amen. And so some, some, some uh, 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 dear woman will, will begin to show. And you'll say, oh, it, are, are you excited? Yes, we're excited. And we just can't wait for little Susie or little Billy to show up. Oh, it's going to be so great. We've got the room picked out. We've got the colors picked out. Oh, what are y'all having? A boy? Well, if it's not a person, how's it a boy? If it's not a person, how's it a girl? If it's not a per if there's no personhood there, why are you assigning a gender to it? Amen. But that same person that will say, This is my body, I can do whatever I want, if they get pregnant again and decide to keep the child, they'll go through all the steps that we just named. They'll find out what gender the child is. They'll name the child. They'll pick out clothes for the child. Now, I'm not preaching on abortion. I'm just saying that's one of the ways of God. Right. And you've got whole denominations that will fight 
for a woman's right to have an abortion and then right on the other hand try to proclaim that they're declaring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said you got a hunger and thirst for correct thinking. For rightness of thinking. Margaret Sanger started Planned Parenthood to limit the births of African-American children in America. Guess what demographic of our nation gets more abortions every year, every month, every week, every day than any other demographic? African-American communities. She's getting her wish. And the government of the United States is funding it. And then they'll, they'll say with a straight face that they are the group, they're the party that cares about the African Americans and the minorities and, and all of these people. And they are the party that's funding the murder of more African Americans every day than any other demographic in America. Amen. And people will buy it hook, line, and sinker. Why? Why? They're not thinking God's ways. They're not thinking God's ways. Amen. Amen. If I've got anybody in here single and you're seeing somebody, let me, let me, let me explain something to you. The best way to avoid heartache in your life is look for God's ways. If you don't want to end up being a single mother, you just stay with God's ways. Right? Amen. Amen. There, there, there's no patty fingers, if you please. Uh, I, I, right? If, 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 if you love me and you care about me, we're going to do this God's way. If you care about my life, we're going to do this God's way. Am I? Because I want God's ways. You're better off to stay single with God's ways than to get a relationship outside of God's ways. Amen. Hallelujah. You're, you're, you're better off to live without certain people in your life because you're pursuing God's ways than you are to have them in your life drawing you away from God's ways. I've got a hunger, say hunger. And, and thirst, say thirst. For God's ways. Glory to God. So the word hunger figuratively means to crave. To crave. To crave. That word crave means to call for as a gratification. In other words, I will never be satisfied in my life without craving God's way. There just won't be that satisfaction. Amen. Glory to God. It's vital that we're hungry for God's ways. We have to long for God's ways. His ways have to be our desire. What He wants is what I desire. Hallelujah. And when you start desiring God's ways, you start seeing things different. 
Amen. Now, that's in any, any area across the board. We're not just talking about morality and living right. When you start seeing God's way about your finances, things start changing. When you start seeing God's way about healing, things start changing. When you start seeing God's way about walking in love, things get better. Right? What, you know, what's the world say? You get me and I'll get you. After all, eye for an eye. Well, you know what an eye for an eye does makes everybody blind. Right? So the world's way is you get me and I'll get you. What's, what's God's way? What's God's way? Love them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use and persecute you. Amen. Remember that it is written, God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Right? God hasn't forgot what you've gone through. God hasn't forgot the situations, the circumstances that you're dealing with. He's the Lord of recompense. He's going to recompense you. He said in 2022 that you would be recompensed for everything bad that happened to you this year. He said it was coming back. God's way is to recompense. God's way is to pay you back. That's God's way. But when you get in there and you start trying to make it happen and you start trying to get, to, to get your pound of flesh, right? Then God has to back up because you're no longer in His way. Right? Are, are you following me? Remember when Peter cut uh, the servant of Malchus, he cut his ear off? And what did Jesus say? Hey, 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 hang on. It isn't time for that. Right? What did he tell Pilate? He said, he said, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight for me. Amen. Uh-huh. In parentheses, I mean, you did see Peter. <laughs> He's an ear-killing dude. Right? But here, here's the point. He, he, that's not the way. That's not the way. And when you start getting out there trying to do something your own way, now I've abandoned God's way. Amen. Amen. Look at Matthew 6. We read it this morning over the offering. Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. There's that word again. All these things will be added to you. If we looked at that in the Amplified Bible, it says seek first The kingdom of God and His righteousness, His way of doing. And we could say, His way of being right. Right. Now, think about this. Look what it says. Seek, aim at. Strive after. Notice those next three words. First of all. Now, keep that up there for me one minute, please. First of all. First of all, I'm seeking, I'm aiming, I'm striving after. First of all, oh my goodness, consider your ways. Is he first? Am I doing that first of all? Amen. You know, if you, if you were to tell us, hey, you know, first thing every morning, this is what I do. Then we'd expect if we were ever around you in the morning that that's what you did first. Right. Now, you might mean that you do it soon after you get up, but was it first? Because first means first. 
If you did it first, it was first. If you showed up first and won first and came across the line first, they didn't give you the bronze. They gave you the medal that corresponded with first. Seek, aim at, strive after first of all His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. What do I seek first? What do I aim at? What do I strive after first? His way. I want your way. Say out loud, I want God's way. way. Tell your neighbor, I want God's way. Tell them this, say, I want God's way for me. And I want God's way for you. Hallelujah. Oh, am I helping you? What would a man's life look like that solely sought God's way of doing? And God's way of being right. What would a man's life look like that did that? I'm not saying you're not. But I'm saying he says it's so important that you put it first. Is that right? When when God brought his people out of Egypt, and you remember he at, at Mount Sinai, he gave them what we refer to as the Ten Commandments. And, and I realized that, uh, you know, under grace, of course, under grace, uh, uh, those commandments have been kept by Christ and, 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 and we walk in the fullness of them by loving, our neighbor, loving God and loving our neighbors ourselves. I understand that. But why did God give them those commandments to his people? Those were his ways. And what was one of the first ones? You shall have no other gods before me. Wow, that's important. The the original Hebrew says, in my presence, there will be no other gods. Of course, the English says, no other gods before me. Now, I'm not not preaching on what may may or may not be a god to somebody. But here's the point. (laughs) What, What I'm trying to show you is the principle throughout the word of God. God says, I'm first. My ways are first. How I ask you to do things are first. And if you seek my way, you'll eventually get where you want to go. And you'll get there in good style. Because you sought my way. Here's the thing about God's way. The the ways of the world and the ways of the enemy, they always offer you a shortcut. They always offer you a... a, uh, uh, a shortcut to where you presumably want to go. But they never tell you what the shortcut's going to cost you. Because at some point you'll have to lose your integrity. You'll have to lie. You'll have to, you'll have to uh, compromise what you think. You know, here's the thing. You may be waiting for something that God wants to bring you. Let me remind you of, of, of something. You want to keep waiting because you've got to live with yourself. you got to live with how you do what you do. you got to live with yourself over how you've got what you've gotten. Amen. Glory to God. I had a minister one time in a large church, and Pastor Michelle was there visiting, 
She had flown down for a conference that was the next day, and so she was attending church that night. And large church, at one time the third fastest growing church in America. And uh, uh, we, we were very close to the leaders, and, and, and uh, somewhere he started getting off. And he was preaching. He was up on the platform, and he was preaching, and, and he was talking about lying. And he said, everybody lies. And he said, I lie. And then he looked at my wife, and he said, Michelle, you lie, right? Pastor Michelle's like, no, I don't, not knowingly. Now, people say, well, what was the problem? Somewhere, God's ways got covered up. What's God say about lying? Help me out, help me out. He said, I hate lying. Is that what he said? He said, I hate it. Why does he hate it? Because of what it produces. What does truth always produce? The Bible says life. Is that right? Amen. Do do, do you see this? And so there's that principle all throughout the scripture. My way first. My desire first. My thoughts first. Let the, 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 the unrighteous man forsake his ways and the wicked man let him forsake his thoughts. For my ways, my ways, Isaiah chapter 55, my ways are not your ways. My ways are not the wicked man's ways. My thoughts are not the unrighteous man's thoughts. You got a wicked man, you got to put your ways aside and get over here in my ways and you got to let your thoughts go and get over here in my thoughts and my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. But if I start thinking his thoughts and walking in his ways, I can have how he thinks and I can have what he wants. But there's an abandonment of my way. Oh, hallelujah. God's way of doing is sought first. Many have this this backwards. They're going about asking God to get behind their way of doing. And again, that's just information. I'm not saying that's you. If it is you, well, just correct it. Brother Hagin used to go before the Lord every year and he, and he would take what he was planning to do and he would lay it out before the Lord and he would say, Lord, this is what I plan to do this year unless you tell me different. Now, we have great respect for Brother Hagin, but here's my point. If Brother Hagin had to do that, don't we have to do it? Or shouldn't we do it? Lord, this is, this is what I want to do. What do you say? Amen. Amen. Yeah, but Pastor, no, no. Let, let me help you with the scripture about ways. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of that way is death. There's a way. There's a way, there is a way that you're going to look at and it's going to seem right. You just need to fast forward to the end of that way and look what the result is. Think about this. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to ask if you've ever done this. I've done it. I, I, I've got involved in things before with no thought about where it was going to end up. And get to the end of that thing and smart for it or hurt for it or get a problem for it, right? And think, why didn't I look closer? Anybody besides me? Uh, about three honest people. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody held up both hands. Praise God. But, but here's the thing. Wouldn't it be much easier when you, when you start to take that first step, say, oh, but wait a minute. Father, is this your way? Because the steps of a good man are ordered or established by God. Amen. You can know God and not know His ways. You can know the Bible and not know His ways. Amen. I'll show you this from the Scripture in just a moment. I'm helping you. Glory to God. He would also ask every year, Lord, have I added to or taken away from what you've asked me to do? Because listen, if you're on God's way and something seems to be holding you up, you can't just blame the devil every time. The Bible says that you need to lay aside the weight and the sin. So what does that mean? That the weight's not necessarily sin. It could be sin, but it's not necessarily. Amen. Amen. Now, this is an elementary question. When you go to fly somewhere, why do they weigh the bag? Somebody tell me, why do they weigh the bag? Right, because there's a weight limit on the plane. Right? There's a weight limit. What happens if the plane's overloaded? It's going to have a hard time. It's going to, it's going to have a hard time taking off and a hard time staying in the air. And it's going to burn more fuel. And so that's going to shorten the distance that it can go. If you are, if you are trying to walk God's way and you have stuff on you and in your life that God doesn't want there, and I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about get, don't try to get involved in everything that everybody's doing. You're supposed to get involved in what God wants you to do. That's, that's what you're prepared for. That's what you're conditioned for. And if you're trying to walk that pathway with all this other stuff, you're overloaded. And you can't go as fast as you want to go. And you probably won't get to where you want to be. You got to lay it aside. Yeah, but you know that really, you, you got to drop it. You got to lay it aside. You are in this thing for God's ways. Amen. Amen. And you always have somebody comes up to you and says, here's what you ought to do. Wait a minute. Check out their way. What way are they on? Whose ways are they following? Amen. I've had people come to church. And, and, and is this okay? We're just pastoring. I've had people come to church. And, you know, they'd say, oh, the word here and, and my life is changing. And, oh, this is so great. And something would come up. They, 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 they'd go to a, another church, another event. And they'd have a bigger youth ministry or a, a bigger singles ministry or whatever. 
And I've had, I've had parents come and say, well, you know, actually we're going to go over here because that's where the kids want to go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just told me that God was changing your life here and you're going to change the way that you're on because your kids will be more comfortable somewhere else? Yeah, but I want them to get the word. They're getting the word. They're kids. They're moved by lollipops, fudge sickles, ho-hos, ding-dongs, nutty buddies, whatever else. You can tell I haven't ate sweets in a while. You understand what I'm saying? And, And a dad will get his family off the way thinking I'm doing the right thing because they'll be happy. Now, but what did God tell you as a parent? What did God tell you as the head of that home? Did God tell you to be in that church? Then if God told you to be there, that's where you're at. When you're 18, you can go wherever you want. But this is our church. Now, why is that important? You're staying on God's way. You're staying on God's way. You're staying on God's way. Not just my church, any church. I've had people come say, you know, I've really been praying and, and this is where the Lord wants, you know, God wants, I believe God wants us to go to that church. Well, come up here let me pray for you and bless you in front of everybody because we want you to be where God wants you to be. Amen. I love everybody, but I want you to be where God wants you to be. I want you to be in God's way. Oh, Hallelujah. Amen. God will bless what we do when it's done His way. Amen. Amen. Our hunger is for His way. Not our way, not the world's way, God's way. When God directs you to do something, you've just discovered His way of doing that thing. Don't move away from the way he directed you. Amen. Say out loud. I want his way. Glory to God. So we're to seek God's way first. And we saw there in the Amplified Bible, first in time and place in order of importance. So God's way, God's plan has to be first in time, in place, in order or of importance. So God's plan, God's way, has to not only be important, it has to be the most important. Amen. Amen. Say out loud, the most important. important. Say it one more time, the most important. important. Glory to God. Do you see that? You know, there's a scripture in the book of Hebrews, and and we, we quote it frequently in the local church. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, and even the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what does that mean? That, that's the King James kind of blind to us. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, and even more, in other words, even more don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as you see the time, the day is approaching. Now, that's in the Bible. That's God's way. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't abandon it. Don't walk off from it. Don't act like you don't need to assemble together. Right now, you're here, so I'm not preaching to you. 
or on you. You understand that? But, but think about that. There are people that say, well, you know, I, I can go to church at home. No, you can't. You're at home. You're not at church if you're at home. I lost my crowd over here. Let me try over here. Right? Uh, uh, um, right? Right? You were dealing with something a couple weeks ago, and you were at home. Right? Were you at church? No, you're at home. Did you watch church? Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jeremy's like, look, you can threaten me, but I'll, I'll break you. It's just, it's just, <laughs> Jamie said, I got a praise report. I can pray for you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God's way is don't mess with Samson. So, hallelujah. But, but, I, 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 all right. Don't, don't, don't mess with the muscle, right? <laughs> but, but my point was, is, you know, now, don't misunderstand me. We, there's, there's a reason why we live stream our services. There's a reason why we're on TV. We want to get the word out. But hear, hear me when I say this. What is God's way? What is God's prescribed way? Assemble yourself together with other believers. Why? So you can be edified. So you can be encouraged. So you can be built up. It's not just about people in the seats. It's what it does for you. You don't come to, I, I, I've had people say, well, you know, pastor's kind of hard, you know, if people miss church or whatever. I'm not hard. Listen, I'm not hard. That's not the point. It's not you coming to church so that pastor won't think you, you backslid. It's what it does for you. It's God's way. It's his prescribed method of building his people up is for them to come and assemble themselves together. And as you see calamity, do it even more. Why? Because you need it even more. Re- read through the, the Word of God and find out when the church was going through some of their most trying times. When Peter and John were beaten for their faith and told, straightly threatened not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Isn't it interesting they didn't go home and lick their wounds and bandage each other up? They went to church. Amen. says when they'd come to their own company. Right? When, 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 when Herod had uh, killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, beheaded him. And then it says, because he saw that it pleased the people, he took Peter, intending to kill him on the next morning. But it says, prayer was made for him of the church continually. When Peter left that prison, where did he go? To church. And what did he find at the church? People assembled together praying. It is not the time, ever how calamitous the situation may be, to abandon assembling yourself together as the body of Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Let me move on from that. But that's God's way. That's God's way. That's God's way. Well, what if I catch something? Well, what if you catch it at the grocery store? What if you catch it at the garage when you go to get your oil changed? What, are we just going to quit living? Just, and I'm not just talking about COVID. Anything that's going on in the world. Amen. 
And, and very quickly, you do what you want to by this. I believe I'm saying it by the Spirit of the Lord. The economy is about to replace COVID. Amen. They're about to get all the play out of COVID they can get. It's about to be the economy. Amen. And, and I don't make light of the virus. Please don't misunderstand me. I know people that have suffered greatly because of that. I don't make light of that. But I'm telling you, the world will use these things to their benefit. If it'll benefit them, they'll use it. Amen. But you mark my words. The focus is about to be the economy. And the same people that fell apart because of COVID are going to fall apart because of the economy. And the reason is they've not built their faith about God's way. I've got people in here that dealt with COVID, yet here you are today completely healed, completely whole, strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, totally healed by the power of God. Now, what, what does that mean? You've got faith to face whatever the gas prices are, whatever the grocery prices are, because I've already overcome, because I did not forsake God's way. Amen. And, and you might have had to deal with it. Amen. There, 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 there are people on the sound of my voice. You dealt with that junk, and it was, it was painful. It was concerning. It bothered you. The thoughts came into your mind. What if you die? But you said, I will not die, but I will live. And I will declare the works of the Lord. God's got something for me to do. In the middle of your fight, you did not abandon God's way. And what did God do? He showed up. And He always will. Just don't abandon his way. Look at Psalm 25.4. I'm hurrying a little bit. I mean, you're here. Yeah, might as well enjoy it. Psalm 25 and 4. Notice. Notice what he says. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. That word ways, it's figuratively, it's a course of life, a mode of action or direction. Lord, show me your course for my life. Show me your direction. Show me the course of action that I need to take. What's what's your direction here? In uh, Psalm uh, 95, Psalm 95 and 10. Notice what he said. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation. And I said, it is a people that err in their heart. They have not known my ways. Now he's talking about the people that he delivered out of Egypt. That first generation. And notice what he said concerning them. For 40 years, over a 40 year span of time, they never learned my ways. Never learned my ways. And we know what happened to them. They died in the wilderness. Why? They never learned God's ways. You will never suffer in God's way. You will always suffer outside of it. Amen. Yeah, but you know, sometimes God's way, you get persecuted. Right. The Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus suffer persecution. That's a given. 
Yeah, but look at all that's going on in the world. I know Jesus said all these things must come to pass. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, famines, pestilences. It's, it's got to come to pass because we live in a fallen world. What, what's your job? Don't abandon his way. Don't abandon his way. Psalm 103 and 7. Notice this. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 103 and verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Now, I want to approach this from the reverse. That word acts, it means exploits, practices. It means by implication, an opportunity. Exploits, practices, by implication, an opportunity. So notice, over and over again, God gave them the opportunity to see by his acts and his exploits how much he loved them. They get across the Red Sea. They're shouting. They're praising God. They're glorifying God. The horse and the rider is drowned in the sea. The song of Moses that the Bible says the redeemed will sing in, in heaven. Right? But then notice what it says. The very next day. The very next day. The very next day. Brought us out to this wilderness to die. Just split the Red Sea. Just brought them across on dry ground. Drowned the whole army of Egypt in, in the sea. Woo! Hallelujah. Tambourine. Give me the tambourine. And here, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave, right? Oh, yeah. Right? And then the next day, we have no water. Brought us out here to die. Did they just see an act? Has anybody in here ever seen a sea split? Have you? Never have. Right? I would imagine it was miraculous. They saw it. They were butted up against that sea and could not go forward and could not go back because Pharaoh's behind them. And God says, tell them to move forward. And they moved forward and as they did, the sea split. And they walked over on dry ground. Three and one half million. And, and God took the wheels off the chariots and produced a flaming pillar of fire until three and one half million people could get across the Red Sea. Mm, that would be an act. That would be an exploit. That would be an opportunity to believe God. Right? Amen. There are people that in here, when you found Jesus, your life was a mess. You were nobody going nowhere with nothing. You were on the verge of losing everything, and God performed an act in your life. God performed an exploit. God saved you. God healed you. God gave you your life back. Woo! You got an opportunity to praise God. I said, you got an opportunity to praise God. You got an opportunity to glorify God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Sea shut. Horse and rider drowned in the sea. No more debt. No more enemy. It's over. Right? Glory to God. God has drowned the horse and rider in the sea. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Go to sleep. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Get up in the morning. Boy, I'm thirsty. Go give me some water. There is no water. What? Now watch. 
What would you assume that God's way is if you just saw what you had seen? I was in an impossible situation. I could not get across that sea. The enemy was bearing down on me. And God made a way where there seemed to be no way. So I ascertained by that that God's ways is to produce victory out of impossible situations. And so if it looks like there is no water, God can give me water wherever I am at because He is the provider. That they should have learned God's way. They kept looking for his exploit and didn't want his way. What was the way? What is uh, 1 Corinthians 4? Tell us. It tells us that they died in unbelief because they were not united by faith to what God said. God's way is faith. You've got to believe God. And they would not consistently believe God. How do we know that? Because they murmured. We don't have any food. We don't have any food. We don't have any meat. All we have is this manna. Yeah, the Bible said it was angel food. That men ate angels food. There are people that will say angels don't have to eat. Then why do they have food? Amen. And, 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 right? and they complained about that. And so God says that, okay, and he switched the wind and it started blowing in from the sea and brought in quail. And the quail were flying a foot off the ground. And the Bible says that the least one of them gained, gained, gathered 60 bushels of quail. You know what else it says? While the meat was in their mouth, they complained. Are you getting the idea that God's way is not complaining? Right? You know that, that bunch that, 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 that the plague came in on? It was those that had just had a quail dinner. I don't know if you've went to a restaurant and ate some quail recently. Amen? But you can't be one of them that orders off the left side of the menu and eat some quail. I mean, we can, we can go up, up there where Jim's from and get them for nothing. But you're going to pay for them if you go eat them in the restaurant. That's fine dining to a lot of people. They had just eaten. Their mouth were full. Their bellies were full. And they complained. That's why God said, notice what God said, they've seen my exploits, but they've never learned my ways. Mm. Notice what it says here, though. Verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses. Moses knew God's ways. He learned God's ways. That's why when the people would, would rebel, he'd say, look, don't do that. Don't act that way. Right? That's not God's way. And when they would rebel and a plague would start coming, he'd tell an 80-some-odd-year-old man, almost 90, to go run and get a censer and go stand in the middle of the people. And it says that old man, Aaron, over 80 years of age, almost 90 years of age, ran with a censer and stood in between the living and the dead. 
Why? It was significant of the high priest, Jesus, coming into the earth and standing in between those that were dead in sin and us. And God provided a better thing for you and I. It's always God's way to provide for His people. Amen. And the only time Moses missed it was when he got outside God's way and got mad at the people. I think, I think he did pretty good to only get mad at those rebellious people that were always wanting to kill him. Let's just kill him and go back. Right? Am I helping you? Let, 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 let me hurry. I'm this close to ending. I might as well. Psalm 119. Verse 15, I only got two more after this. Bear with me. Hallelujah. His way. Say out loud, I want to know his ways. David said, the psalmist said, Psalm 119, verse 15, I will meditate in your precepts and I will have respect under your ways. Notice, I'll meditate in your precepts and have respect under your ways. Respect means to regard or to pay attention or to consider. Notice what he said. I'll meditate in your word and have respect under your ways. A lot of people know the word, yet they show no regard for God's ways. Be careful quoting scripture if you're not walking in the way of scripture. Be careful telling other people what they need to do when there's things you need to do. I'm not talking about telling somebody what's right. Amen. I used to work with a guy, just foul-mouthed, just living in sin. He said, well, what's living in sin? You know, living with somebody you're not married to? But boy, he had a Thompson Thompson chain reference, King James Bible. He had loads of Bibles. He could quote Scripture. I mean, he could talk scripture, but he wouldn't live in God's ways. I often wondered, what did he do with that scripture that thou shalt not commit adultery? Or have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. I always wondered, what, what did he do with that? See, that's God's ways. Yeah, but I love her. Yeah, but adultery is not how you show it. Lord, I don't know why you had me say this, but I'm going to say it. Listen, love is not sex, and sex is not love. Amen. And whether you're a, man, a boy or a girl, young, boy, young man, young woman, old man, old woman, single young woman, single young man, single old woman, or a single old man, we got them all. Amen. Well, if you love me, you'd have sex with me. Run! No, do this. Kick him in the head first and then run. Why? Because that's not love. That's not God's way. God does not say that you prove love by having sex. God says you prove love by making a commitment for life. The sex comes with the commitment. Not not just I promise. No ringy. I'm not going to say it. 
I could tell you all kinds of stories about something about a cow and getting free milk, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you want to commit, and you want to give me a ring, and sign on the line, and stand before God, and know that you're standing before God, and you're making a commitment to me for the rest of your life, then baby, I am yours, heart and soul, body, mind, everything. But you're not getting anything. Which, sir, that includes my respect. That includes my honor. You should immediately disrespect any boy that wants to touch you, fondle you, have sex with you without being married to you. He cares nothing for you. He's only concerned about himself. He's not concerned about God's ways. He's only concerned about him. He's only concerned about him. Only concerned about what he gets to do and what he gets. And he'll get what he wants and he'll be gone. And the next time he wants it again, he'll come back to the same cow he got free milk from the last time. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Now you you got to understand God's idea of love. God's idea of love starts with commitment. God's idea of love starts with longevity. God's idea of love starts with you having some integrity and making the decision that I'm not only going to use this person, I'm going to love this person. You want to find somebody that you can love, find somebody that wants to look at you when they're in their 80s and still be in love with you. Right? That's who, that's who you want to find. Yeah, but he's so good looking. Yeah, but he's a dog. He's a dog. He don't even have a job. He rode the bus to your date. That, that, yeah, but he dresses so nice. That's all the clothes he's got. And his mother washed them for him. I'm telling you, I don't put up with that. Dogs. Dogs, 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 dogs. Oh, dogs. Amen. Don't, 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 don't be caught in the company of dogs. You're, you're better off to be single. You're better off to be hanging out with mom and dad. You're better off to be hanging out with the, the older folk from the church than you are hanging out with somebody that don't care anything about you or God's way. If they'll violate God's ways before you're married, they will not keep God's ways after you're married. I don't know who I'm talking to, but anyway, you're married, so it's not you. Amen. Now, you're not married, so it might be you. I don't know. Hallelujah. Pastor's back. Amen. Look at Psalm 128.1. I got one more after this. Because, hear me, hear what I said. Now, after all that, I wasn't talking to you, but here, the word of the Lord just came to me for you. Because your heart is precious, and your spirit is undeviled, and your spirit is pure. And those things I will take and produce within you a life that you've always dreamed of. And know this, and know this, I'm always there for you, and I care for you, and you're precious to me. Oh, glory. Psalm 128 and verse 1. Blessed is most people. What? Blessed is everyone that, number one, fears the Lord and that walketh in His ways. Hallelujah. Blessed is who? Everybody that fears the Lord.
Lord and walks in His ways. Amen. That's all inclusive. So everyone in here that walks in the Lord's ways is blessed. Now, here's the last one. Proverbs 2. Oh, hallelujah. You can come back tonight and we'll get some more. If you can't, C-A-N-T, be here tonight. Watch us online and you'll get it too. Amen. Proverbs 8, 32. Hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Now, this is not an extensive study on the word ways. It's all throughout the scripture. But here's what I want you to see. Jesus said, let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Well, I just established in the mouth of two witnesses. Everybody's blessed that keeps God's ways. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I want to keep God's ways. Hallelujah. Tell them, say, I want you to keep God's ways. Because we will be blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe God. I believe God. When you see a person walking in the blessing of God, you can be sure they have a high regard for his ways.